0: Hello everyone and thank you for listening to this podcast about the evolution of animal behavior now it is a huge topic it's a fascinating topic but a huge one so I've, I've broken it down really into in this one just three areas i'd like to discuss that of social organization the evolution of altruistic behavior and then a little bit finally on the evolution of exaggerated traits so let's look at social organization because some animals live in colonies with a very clear social organisation. The two examples I'd like to talk about include honeybees and naked mole rats. Let's start with honeybees. They live in colonies consisting of up to around 60,000 individuals. The colony itself acts like a a superorganism, if you like, that lives or dies together. And it can reproduce to form extra colonies by swarming. Now, there are three sort of types, if you, if, for want of a better word, of honeybee, each with a kind of different task, if you like. The single queen bee is normally the only member of the colony to lay eggs. The worker bees do all of the jobs that are needed to maintain the colony. And the drones do nothing to help the colony to survive. But if they successfully mate with the virgin queens, they get to spread the genes of the colony to new colonies. Workers eject drones from the colony at the end of the season. In which virgin queens are available. So if we take the kind of three options that I just gave there, if we take the queen and gender would be a fertile female, their jobs really are to just lay eggs and to produce a pheromone to control the activities of the workers. The workers typically say infertile females they have a job to collect nectar and pollen, to convert the pollen into honey and to secrete wax and use it to build the comb. Feeding and looking after larvae and guiding the hive are two other roles that the workers would engage with. And the drone, the fertile males, their role simply is to just mate with the virgin females. So there you can see there's a real sort of hierarchy, a social organisation within the honeybee colony. Now, Another fascinating example is that of the Heterocephalus glaber, or the naked mole rat. So these live in colonies of up to about 80 individuals in burrow systems in parts of East Africa, predominantly. Now here, one dominant female mole rat acts like a queen bee in a way. She's the only female in the community to reproduce, mating with one of the males in the colony, and three other uh, sort of types of mole rat if you like help her. There are, when I, when I say type I'm talking about kind of functional roles if you like within that colony. We have frequent workers as the way they're described and they dig the tunnels and bring the food. There's the infrequent workers if you like that are larger and occasionally help with the heavier tasks and then we've got the non-workers and they live in the central nest keeping the breeding female and her young offspring warm and defending the colony if it's attacked. The large and complex burrow systems could probably not be constructed or defended without social organization, you could add. A colony of social organisms is sometimes considered to be one superorganism, as I mentioned earlier, and either the colony as a colony rather as a whole survives and it reproduces to form new colonies, or it just doesn't. So natural selection therefore exists at the level of the colony. Now I said the second of the three big areas I'd like to consider in this podcast is altruistic behaviour. Let's start with the dictionary definition. A dictionary definition of altruism is simply unselfish behaviour, just that, unselfish behaviour. Now in biology it's come to mean something much more specific. Altruism in biology is defined as actions that increase another individual's lifetime number of offspring at a cost to one's own survival and reproduction i mean when we think when i teach about species survival or just any or particularly in the topic stimuli and response we talk about the reason why organisms respond to certain stimuli the way they do is really for species survival for to be able to survive thrive and reproduce and pass on their alleles so here we have really this unselfish behavior in certain organisms altruism the actual act to try and prolong someone's lifetime or prolong something's chance of having offspring at a detriment to yourself. Parental care is therefore not altruism and there's been much discussion about the evolution of altruistic behavior I should just add. So you might expect uh, natural selection always to be against behavior that reduces the chances of survival and reproduction but there are well-known examples of altruistic behavior. So I'm going to come back to the naked mole rats again for this particular example, but also blood sharing in vampire bats. So let's just take the mole rat for a moment again. The tasks of non-breeding workers in a naked mole rat colony are, or have rather, already been described. And those tasks allow the breeding male and female in the colony to reproduce, and the crucial word here is successfully, The evolution of this type of altruism is sometimes called kin selection and it's really easy to explain. The mole rats in the colony are all genetically related. So although the workers are helping to rear offspring that are not their own, they're helping to ensure the survival of their own genes, in effect. Let's talk about blood sharing in vampire bats because this behaviour was investigated in a population initially of vampire bats in Costa Rica. They live in groups and feed at night by sucking blood from larger animals. And if one of the bats in the group fails to feed for more than two consecutive nights, it may die of starvation. However, bats that have fed successfully regurgitate the blood for a bat that has failed to feed. Tests have actually shown that this is done whether the two bats are genetically related or not. And it's something called reciprocal altruism. Because the bat that donates the food to a hungry bat may be, in the future, it might receive blood when it's hungry. There is an advantage for the whole group because the benefit of receiving blood when starving is greater than the cost of donating blood after feeding well. And finally I'd like to look at something called exaggerated traits as I said when we look at evolution of animal behavior I mean I could do a whole series of podcasts on this but I'd just like to do a a little snapshot in this one I'd like to talk about as I said evolution of exaggerated traits because some species of animal have characteristics or behavior patterns that seem to have developed excessively the long and brightly colored tail feathers of a peacock are a perfect example these are only used during courtship to try and attract a female At other times, the tail feathers will be a sort of encumbrance, hindering rapid movement, especially during an attack by predators, let's say. Now, this may be the explanation for the evolution of an exaggerated trait. Any individual that survives, despite the exaggerated trait, must be well adapted in other ways and so is a good mate to choose. I think it's a fascinating area of biology to look at and it is one that I will ultimately end up recording a few of the podcasts on but i just want to do a short one here on the evolution of animal behavior looking at social organization altruistic behavior which i think is uh, incredibly interesting and the idea of exaggerated traits in their evolution okay thank you everyone for listening